in a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. And welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. Normally, I'd want to cover the film and the exploitation movies actually ripping off before I handle the, the uh, that particular film itself. Bizarrely, though, the director of this movie didn't bother to watch the source material himself. Ultimo Trino della Note, also known as Night Train Murders, The New House on the Left, Second House on the Left, don't ride on late night trains. Last stop on the night train. Late night trains. Last house part two. And Christmas Massacre. It's a 1975 Italian revenge thriller. It was directed by Aldo Lardo. Scored by Ennio Maccone. And stars Flavio uh, Bussi, Mesha Merrill and Irene Miracle. And if it shares some similarities with Last House on the Left, that is entirely intentional. It's the night before Christmas. Margaret and Lisa are going home for the holidays. But don't bother to wish them Merry Christmas. Their future isn't going that far. Let's find a compartment with our people. Well now, look who's here. can say to yourself, it's only a movie, but it won't help this time, and don't waste time looking for an ending you can live with. I think you should take them right off, dear, or we'll never see your little monkey. <laughs> no, let her do it by herself. Come on, you bitch, what are you waiting for? Your ticket takes you one stop beyond the end of the line. The last stop on the night train. Every seat in this theater becomes a coach seat to hell. And if you're in one, you'll feel it. Do it one way. Let's do it another, huh? You can say to yourself, it's only a movie. But it won't help. You'll know you've been closer to the last stop than any living soul would want to be. Hey, we'll only cut her a little. He'll see you'll love it once your virginity's gone. You know, I want to flower this way. Maybe this is too close. The 
last stop on the night train. Margaret and Lisa are two high school friends, and they take the night train from Germany to Verona to spend Christmas with Lisa's family. They flirt mildly with some male passengers, and that includes two randy delinquents who are in their 20s, who we've already seen uh, be quite violent and be chased by police. These people called Blackie and Curly. The four of them end up in a first-class cabin with a well-dressed woman of about 30. And after a mix-up, getting on the wrong carriage of the train, uh, they are, uh, the our couple of rather violent hoodlums are egged on by the woman and the folks and a male visit to the cabin uh, menace and then sexually assault Margaret and Lisa. That's intercut with scenes of Christmas Eve and morning at Lisa's home where her parents are uh, being polite to each other while going through what they're going to do through the divorce and preparing for Christmas being generally nice people. Um, but on Christmas morning, they go to the station to meet the girls. And who they meet instead is not what they could possibly have wanted. You can't do it one way. Let's do it another, huh? Are you right out of your fucking mind? Put the knife away. Don't be an idiot. Mind your own bleeding business. That's it. Bastard. Hey, we'll only cut her a little. I'm doing this for you, honey. You'll see you'll love it once your virginity's gone. You know, I was deflowered this way. A scalpel, actually. Yes, by a doctor. <laughs> I was pregnant, but I was also a virgin. No! <laughs> no, no, that's enough. I'll do anything you want. Too late, my dear. No! Get on. No! Taglines for these movies, this movie, are brilliant. There's a lot of them, obviously, unsurprisingly, considering how many names it was sold under over the years. For example, most movies last less, less than two hours. This is one of everlasting torment. The windows look out onto hell. A view that will take your breath away. Permanently. Seal of consumer awareness. The price of admission to this motion picture is only the down payment. The balance will be extracted from your nerves, minute by minute. Even Psycho, Last House and Exorcist let you off before the end of the line. Not this time. You can tell yourself it's only a movie, but it won't help. Now that last tagline is an echo of the one used for Wes Craven's Notorious nasty last house on the left. Director uh, Aldo Lado says that he was approached to create create this film as an Italian version of the movie, 
and did so only using the story idea, which obviously was one itself taken rather loosely from the film The Virgin Spring. The result is a violent but surprisingly glossy affair. Uh, it matches the kind of grim tone of Last House, but adds its own ideas. And the overall feel is uh, very European, rather the grittiness of Craven's efforts. That's mainly down to the use of 35mm over 16, and some cinem- interesting cinemog- uh, cinem- cinematography choices. The bathing the carnage in candlelight before moving to blue hues of moonlight as things become grimmer. There's also an interesting social commentary, whereas while Last House is focused on the way, violence can dehumanise and is heavily influenced by um, the film, well, by by, uh, Vietnam, in truth. Um, And the way violence can dehumanise people. Here there's a subplot featuring a rich woman who exploits our foolish folks for her own gratification. If it wasn't for the ponderous first half hour, the movie would be very strong, with enough shock in there to catch the eye. I mean, it's fair to say that unless you missed the tight one of the many titles that it went under, you wouldn't really know what kind of film you were watching, or indeed if it was really a horror film, until you head a little bit further down. Until well, until they get on that uh, that second train after being st- after being stopped on the station for a while, and things become very grim very fast. Um, I don't think it's got the overwhelming horribleness uh, of Last House. Last House races towards towards those scenes in the swamp, and, and tries to linger there as long as it can. Whereas. Night Train Murders does, at the very least, you know, try and look away a little bit while the grisliness is going on. Even to the point when um, one of the, with our, our female, who who has no name, is just known as, you know, woman on train, uh, says along the lines of, we didn't see any of that. And there's a catalyst to the escalation of violence. There's hints about viewership as well, which are touched on although not properly explored it generally it, it is it is battling a way to try and create something a little bit unusual rather than just being a rip-off of last house the dubbing is the usual italian sounds juju awfulness in fairness it is um very, very, you know, the, obviously, you know, it's a dub film. It was originally du- filmed in Italian, but the the quality of the dubbing is so poor it doesn't even really ref- relate relate to what anyone seems to be saying. Uh, but the acting, generally, despite this, is relatively good from a re- recognisable cast. Marsha Merrill, uh, who is our um, our woman on the train, as it were, who we don't know the name of, our posh antagonist, catalyst almost, female, was born Princess Maria Magdala Vadimovda Gorinna, obviously changed her name for uh, for the TV, for her films, uh, back in 1940. She's a French actress and writer, and uh, was actually descended by a father from the Russian princely house of Gagarin, 
Um, she appeared in 125 films between 59 and 2012. And uh, best known, I think it's fair to say, for... Uh, well, she was in Goddard's Own Fan Marine, uh, Lou Bunnell's uh, Belle de Jour, and uh, Rainer Werner Fassbinder's Chinese Roulette in 76. Um, Flavio Bushi, who is one of our um, violent hoodlums, uh, would probably be best known for li- viewers or well, listeners of this podcast and probably viewers, in fact, of Late Night Trains as uh, playing Daniel the Blind Pianist in Suspiria. Um, but he's been in he's been in 76 films uh, since uh, 71. He's a busy chap. And of course, Irene Miracle is something we've already spoken about. Uh, I, uh, her first film appearance was as this murder victim in Night Train Murders. Um, her most prestigious role was in Alan Parker's Midnight Express in 78. Um and she, you know, she won the Golden Globe Award for New Star of the Year in that. But, you know, she also was uh, in Argento's Inferno. As, and uh, we spoke, if you go back to that, we discussed her involvement in that film and uh, and what she got up to. And, uh, you know, a great performance in a very unusual movie. Aldo is probably best known for his work in this period of time um, the short night in the, of, the, of the glass dolls and who saw her die uh, 71, 72 and obviously this movie as well but this movie is probably more famous because of its good, you know, the way it was banned more than the fact that it's a particularly standout one of his standout films on the other hand it is reasonably well made and as I said before it, it, it definitely tries to do something different than just gore and shock and try and you know cash in on last house although obviously you can't tell that's the marketing people who were so busy to um to 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 draw the comparisons between this and last house i would say despite you know some strong direction some interesting cinematography in the acting it's probably the soundtrack that will really stand out for you Ennio Morricone uh, provides this atmospheric and troubling score. Um, the introduction of one of our folks, harmonica is uh, an indication that uh, that that trouble is coming, and as such, it kind of gives a mounting dread, particularly when the kind of tr- the the couple of the two girls are trapped in the in the train coach as things get begin to escalate quickly. Obviously, Marconi is best known for film scores, spaghetti westerns, with Sergio Leone, Fistful of Dollars, Few Dollars More, Good, the Bad and the Ugly, Once Upon a Time in the West, Fistful of Dynamite, My Name is Nobody. Um, Marconi uh, built long-term association with European directors, such as Bertolcini, Velluni, uh, Pasoloni, uh, Terence Young, Kobishi, Obviously, Argento, uh, Petri. And uh, he composed music for all film genres, not just horror and westerns. So, you know, he, he, anything from comedy and drama he could turn his hand to. Uh, obviously, you know, talk, it's, it's, he creates very distinctive soundtracks that match what's happening on screen and give the film a very certain tone. And, he, and I think uh, 
Aldo Lido was incredibly lucky to get him on board for this film uh, because it helps him massively to uh, to tell his tale. And uh, it certainly elevates this movie a great deal. Of course, um, Morricone was, is also known for working with um, US directors as well. Uh, De Palma, Stone, Mike Nicholas, Terence Malick, Carpenter. Um, you know, you're looking at things like Days of Heaven, The Thing, Casualties of War, Bugsy, uh, Wolf, uh, Mission to Mars, <laughs> Bullworth. Bullworth's brilliant. Um, and I think, it, you know, it really helps the, where the film is. Um, and, you know, I think it's interesting in terms of, I mean, the number of times you keep on referring back to these kind of. Um, rip-off films but I mean in this case it's difficult because Last House on the Left is not a great movie but it's massively important Late Night Trains or Night Train Murders or whatever you want to call it is not a massively important film but it's a decently made one and as such it, it kind of it kind of falls away a little bit in terms of comparisons certainly um the concept of a rape revenge um, thriller will be something that we touch on repeatedly in this on the the nasties list at some point I'm going to have to discuss a spit on your grave and with that I think well the thing about that is the most interesting thing about that film is is being able to go and talk about the music comparisons and going back to the, the original cuttings and teasing some of those out and I'm looking forward to being able to do that for you um, <clears throat> the late night trains just kind of appeared on the list and disappeared um, you can kind of understand why it went on um, maybe a little bit difficult to understand why it went off <laughs> I don't know but um, I think you know it's one of those ones where it's notoriety has elevated it but at the same time, it's solidly made. It's just a little teeny tiny bit too generic, I think is fair. Anyway, BBFC rejected the cinema release in 76 under the title Late Night Trains. Uh, video Warehouse International released a cut version of the video under the name Late Night Trains in 1981. Then Cine Hollywood released the uncut video in November 81 under the title Night Train Murders. Now, this is the version that was listed as a video nasty in July 83, straight on the list. Um, but it was dropped in March 84. And it just didn't reappear, really, uh, in a cut or uncut version. Again, because it's just not that, um, it's just not that notorious, I suppose. A bit like, um, Killer Nun that we were discussing last week. It's like, it, 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 it kind of stands out from the crowd from a lot of these Italian, thrillers from the time more because it's just a little you know because of this nasty influence rather than it being spectacularly brilliant anyway it was not until uh, Shameless who again we discussed with Killer Nun last week released it uncut in 2008 that it got uh, it was finally shown in the UK again um, I don't think it partic- I don't think it's seen as being one of the standout nasties, particularly because it isn't one of the 39 because it got dropped from the list. But, um, you know, at the same time, it's certainly worthy of your time. 
and um, just be a bit patient with it because that uh, first half takes an half take a lot. First half hour doesn't half take a little bit of time to get into. The new house on the left. It's the house of your dreams. If your dreams are nightmares, there's a magnificent view of hell and a pool of blood heated by the violent energies of the still screaming dead. The new house on the left. Neighbors don't drop in, they drop dead. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. And we've got a little bit of feedback as well, which has been emailed in, so I'll, I'll read that out now. Uh, thanks for all the correspondence. Uh, that's an, e- an email from Rob Wilson. Before the internet, I was under the impression that there were tons of movies that were video nasties. I live in the US, in Indiana, and info on such things was limited to fanzines. Uh, obviously, fanzines were very popular for information about underground things. Uh, I was shocked to learn the story. It's great to hear from you, the details. I'm also glad you gave your review of the movie so far. So far, the ones I've seen, I'm in agreement with you. I really enjoyed your take on Don't Go in the Woods. It's a tad pricey, but I suggest a book called Nightmare USA by Stephen Frower on Fab Press. There's a great piece on Don't, as well as many other films that will get mentioned. Um, he also um, did a little mini-review of uh, Visiting Hours, which I'll, uh, I'll just read out for you now. The oddest movie on the Video Nasties list has got to be 1982's Video Visiting Hours, a uh, 20th Century Fox slasher, sort of. The violence could clearly be shown on court on TV today. Stars Lee Grant, who's in Defend Your Life, a personal favourite, as a pacifist journalist who speaks out against violence. This sparks ultra-right-wing psycho scanners Michael Ironside to go after her. She survives an attack, but that doesn't slow down the killer one bit. The showdown at the end puts her liberal views to the test. William Shatner is here in a do-nothing role. Nurse Sheila, watching over Grant, quickly becomes a lead in the movie. Actually, the more interesting character in the film, Linda Pearl, which is Pam's mom in the office, is really the standout here. Well, Michael Ironside is always good. At an hour 42, it's too long. Also, Halloween 2, the previous year, had many of the same ideas. Not a bad film, but just not great. Yeah, cheers for that. That's fantastic there, Rob. Uh, thanks very much. And as well, um, I've been kind of getting another email from a guy called Adrian Marley. It says, Dear Chris, I've been listening with interest to your Video Nasties podcast. Just finished a Nightmares in a Damaged Brain episode. It's bringing back a lot of memories for me. I was in my early teens in the 1980s when the Video Nasties for Raw kicked off in the UK and from Ireland. I can remember spending my lunch hour going to video shops just to look at that and read the covers of these gems. I wasn't allowed to rent rent them out, or so this was the closest I got to them. I remember well the covers for Driller Killer, shown coincidentally late na- last night on the Horror Channel. Nightmares on a Damaged Brain, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, SS Experiments, etc. Little did I know that I was witnessing a wonderful piece of pre-censorship history before Ireland 2 got caught up in the scare, and these films were banned left, right and centre. I don't recall anyone ever getting prosecuted in Ireland. Even now, at the age of 43, there are many of these films that I have not yet seen, but the illicit thrill of browsing through video shells and looking at these titles is something I'll always remember fondly. These days, most... uh, 
most video, i.e. DVD, rental shops, keep their stock for only a few months and all you ever see on the shelves are the most recent releases. You can no longer get, go into a shop and browse for these titles. For that, we have the internet. Anyway, sorry to ramble. I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying your backtracking through the archives of Exploitation Cinema. It's made me want to seek out and watch these films, low budget and all, as most of them are. Keep up the good work, sir. All the best, Adrian. I mean, that's really kind. Thanks very much for your email there. That's uh, that's wonderful. And I, I look, again, I think a lot of this, uh, the reason why I'm doing it is that kind of memory of going to the video shop and browsing the walls and seeing all the different films on offer and, you know, the promise of illicit thrills, I think it's fair to say. If you'd like to get in touch, please do. My Twitter is at orange underscore monkey. My email address is videonastiespodcast at gmail.com and there's the website, videonastiespodcast.com where you can see a trailer for the upcoming, the next upcoming uh, episode or uh, midweek and also all the podcasts that we do, various trailers and bits of news and pieces as well. The, um, the list of, basically the list of what I'm working off is, has now gone up. Uh, so if you're interested to see the kind of order I'm working towards, you can do. If you're not interested and you just want to find out what's next, next week we are dealing with um, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, which is better known in the UK as The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Uh, but again, it's a film that's got about 20 different titles, so uh, we'll have to race through those at the beginning next week for you to um, to get a grip on what we're actually talking about. So, until then, Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.